Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. Welcome back to the OC. I'm your host this week, Dr. Sean Landry, and I am. this is not a solo cast because we're continuing along with our marketing series, and I have uh, next to me, marketing guru. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I have um, actually one of my friends. He's a, he's a patient, longtime patient of the clinic. He's a former, uh, he's a veteran of the Canadian military armed forces, right? He is, he's a teacher, he's a coach, he's a successful entrepreneur. And, um, you know, since his, uh, since his career in the armed forces, he's carved his own path um, back into uh, this kind of, I would say, the, the new modern uh, entrepreneurial uh, life. And uh, yeah, he's actually replacing Kevin and Jason to this, uh, this, this week because Kevin is uh, off doing a, an ayahuasca ceremony. And, uh, Good for him. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's going, going deep into the, uh, the, the depths of his mind. Um, and so we wish Kevin well, and, uh, we'll get some insight on that when he's back. And then Jason's at a hockey tournament. So ice hockey tournament with his son. So we are fortunate enough to have Mr. Dave Morrow here today. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. That's, that's a great intro. Welcome Dave. Thanks, so Dave Sean. and I are sharing a, we were actually, before we even got on air, we were, uh, we were talking about branding and, and these micro breweries that have popped up over the last kind of, I would say five to 10 years, really, really on the scene. And, uh, we're having a, we're, you know, I wish that I could say they were a sponsor, but this is a, a brewery. <laughs> this is how it starts. <laughs> this is how it starts. This is a brewery by the name of Sir John Brasserie Brewing Co. in Le Chute, Quebec. And, uh, they've done an amazing job. We were just talking about how, you know, the market, the, the, the environment has changed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so Dave, Tell me a bit about yourself. Oh boy, where do I start? <laughs> I love to I love to dance. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, you did a good job there. Uh, I mean, minus the like marketing guru and, and successful entrepreneur, I'm, I'm pretty hard on <laughs> myself, so I don't know about that just yet. But uh, yeah, uh, oh, father as well. Uh, yeah, father, yeah, add that in too. Yeah, husband. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. lots. There's very many, many faces. Right, Iron Man. Iron Man. Yes. Oh, Frank, there's so much, man. There's so much. We can yeah. we can go down so many different paths here. It's like that question when you run into someone you haven't seen in 20 years. They're like, "So, what have you been up to?" Uh, <laughs> You're like, uh, life. Uh, lots of oh, stuff. Oh, nothing. Man. Nothing. Nothing changed since <laughs> high school. I just I just refer people to my blog and I yeah. say, "Let's go read some, or go listen to my podcast." Still live in my parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> Not that uh, there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. sure. Depends on your age. Depends yeah. on your age. But uh, okay, so let's I guess start with yeah. Um, if we want to do some background, I guess the military is a good place because it kind of formed me uh, into who I am. Um, you know, I started when I was 19, and not for any like noble, mm, nationalistic or like uh, or, or reasons surrounding like my pride for my country or anything. I just wanted to like shoot guns, throw grenades, and pick up checks. Like it was just. Yep. pure 19 year old guy mindset right so also i was always into sports and fitness and stuff so i was like okay well they are going to force me to get fit so why don't i do it and get paid 
and that was that was it. Like it was just me and my best bud. We just decided uh, at CJEP, like the recruiting sergeant was there. He looked freaking sharp. He's one of my buddies now, but uh, he had his tunic on. So my unit were the Grenadier Guards. We wear the red tunics uh, up in uh, in Ottawa during our ceremonial duties. So if you've seen Changing of the Guard and stuff like that, similar to the British one, you here too. I was like sold. If I get to wear that, sold. So then you know. If, but it took a took a little while because uh, there's a there's an issue with my uh, paperwork and stuff like that. So about a year later, I got in, and um, then it was off to the races. I freaking loved it. Like I never was an, a great athlete, but I was a pretty good soldier actually from day one. Like I just it, for me, it was just a big game of Simon Says. I was like, just do what you're telling me to do, and that's it. It's okay, cool. Like I, and so I figured it out, and I was relatively fit going in, and that's all you really needed to be on your basic level course. So I was, um, it was given some, you know, more responsibility and, uh, that kind of let me become a lot more confident and, uh, I found something I was really good at. It's like six. So I kept on pursuing it and I did as many courses as I possibly could. I like sacrificed my entire university like career, like the first three years just to get really good at the military and get promoted and go on course. And I was going on exercises in Florida and like, I just, I wasn't going to class, you know, cause I was, uh, I was already in school to, uh, pursue my chemistry passion, I guess, okay. yeah. which, uh, I realized, I guess early on that I do not belong in a lab for yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. I learned that as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I biochem. love I'm biochem. So. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. like I was, I was, uh, I got, the fact that I got in, I, like it's not an easy program. I, you know, I went to McGill University. There's only a handful that get accepted every year, but I had good grades coming out of CJ up in high school. So I got in and I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm with nerds. Like this is, I'm a nerd. Like this is awesome. Turns out though, I, I couldn't, I did, like I, it was just a mismatch. So, um, some of the classes I could do okay in, and then some of the others I just felt so stupid because I couldn't, I, I couldn't get involved. I couldn't get yeah. implicated and I just didn't have any friends. Right. So, uh, I really focused on my military stuff. And hence the reason why it took like what eight years for me to get out of university, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. So uh, I eventually did. I, I I got a teaching degree too, and I got a science degree at the same time. Um, and then yeah, from there so I started teaching. The movie there, Van Wilder is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's exactly that's yeah. exactly who I was. I, I, or Tommy Boy. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of people go to school for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's it. Was we called it like the the Grenadier Doctorate. Like we, yeah. the, a lot of the guys, especially the reservists here in Montreal, it would it would we called it the Grenadier degree. Like it would yeah. take yeah. seven years to do your bachelor's because we were just we really really loved what we were doing in the military, and so it took about it took almost ten years to finally get a mission, and that was in two thousand ten. Uh, I got to go to Afghanistan, so uh, you know. 9-11 happened basically when I joined and it took basically that amount of time for me to get on a mission. Gotcha. Um, and so for a lot of people, I think that aren't or don't have any, you know, relatives or friends in the military, uh, it's, it might be a bit of a foreign concept, like the way I'm saying, like it took me a while to get on a mission. Yeah, because I wanted to go. Like if you join the military, a lot of those individuals in the reserves want to go on a mission, but there's not enough spots. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of climbing over each other. And the war was just the first time we'd ever had like a full hot war to be a part of. And you have a bunch of young guys that want to go fight. Um, and so I wanted to go fight too. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I finally got to go in 2010. And uh, it was an 
awesome experience. And that was really probably one of the most formative experiences in my life. And, um, you know, the highs and lows and it was very Hemingway-esque, right? I, I was re- I was literally reading Hemingway when I was wow. overseas, you know, yeah. like for whom the bell tolls. And I was just... I, I needed to experience something that hard and that difficult and that human. Like for me, war is one of the most human experiences there is, as depressing as it may sound. Um, it's it's who we are. We we are a warrior type mm-hmm. species. We go to war with people. Um, yeah. And now we're warriors, right? I saw that yeah. the other day. We went from war- warriors to warriors. Yeah. Well, that, and that, and that's it. You know, like I don't I don't wish war obviously on any anybody. If anything, I, like I. Uh, you know, there's ever another war Boy. that flares up. I'll be one of the first to say like, whoa, like let's hit the pause button. Like, are we sure we want to do this? Cause it seemed like we just eagerly rush into war. Like, you know, it, you know, Afghanistan case in point. And then in hindsight, you know, yeah. should we have even been there? Yeah. You know, um, you know, there was a, a lot of death and did we have any effects on the ground from what it seems like? No. No, I mean, and that's the that's the depressing part, but that's the part I have to kind of put yes. in the box and 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 keep on the keep on the back burner. But uh, ultimately, what it led to was just this resiliency. Like I can I can put my head down and, and get to work, and and I have a a frame of reference that's different from most people. You know, when things get hard here, I'm like, it's not that hard. It, yeah. It's stressful. I'm not yes. saying it's not stressful. I'm not saying it's not shitty, but it's not the same. No. It's it, it's two totally different worlds. So having that perspective has really given me the ability to kind of grind and, and figure things out and, and think on my feet and not be so concerned about, you know, I, you want to call it my, my existence, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, things that might crush somebody, you know, like financial instability, like marital instability, stuff like that. I'm just like, okay, you know, like I can endure this. This is okay. Yeah. I can get through this. Like I've been through worse and carry on through there. So entrepreneurship just became, yeah. I guess a natural extension of that. And so that's where I, well, like how I got to where I am now. And, and yeah. that's what I, I love doing now. So let's, uh, yeah. Okay. So I know a little bit about your, your journey and I've been a part of it now for a little bit. So <laughs> tell me post military, you went into teaching. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, I mean, I was qualified as a teacher. I mean, for me, teaching was, came naturally because my whole family are teachers essentially. Yeah. Like teachers are amazing. Right? So yeah. it's, it's, I, the, the unfortunate thing about teaching is I, I don't think teachers realize their, their value. They're valued or maybe culturally or society doesn't value them. Right. So you don't, you don't, okay. yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. like when you're a doctor, like yeah. if people, like you say, you know, you're, like, doctor you say, teacher. you say doctor, it was yeah. like, oh shit. Like yeah, but, right away. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like you're a doctor, man. Yeah. Um, because it has that weight to it because obviously there's a lot of studying involved. You're an expert in your field, like, and you're appreciated. Teachers are appreciated, but not at the same level because there's not as much study involved and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of time off and you're dealing with children all the time. And I, I think just by extension, that doesn't get the same kind of weight uh, applied to it, even though it's everybody... One the, it's one of the most important jobs in the world. Yeah, because, yeah, it, yeah exactly. Teaching itself yeah. is, is, the, is, is carrying on the, the, the traditions and, and, uh, and passing on the knowledge of every Mentors- successive generation. Mentorship, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're all kind of teachers in our own way, but to be a professional teacher was just something that really appealed to me. And, and you know, it started early. Like, I was a lifeguard and I was instructing swimming lessons. And, um, you know, then I started doing some stuff volunteering 
volunteer stuff with my high school. I was teaching like science lessons at a elementary school and I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, my teacher was like, you're good at this. Do you, yeah, want, yeah. you should consider to keep on doing this. So I was like, hmm. I was like, okay, cool. So that was kind of always in the back of my mind, but I just didn't want to do what my family did, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do what my mom does or what my godparents do, what my grandmother did. Like, I want to do something different. But it just turns out, like, even when I went to military, I was an instructor basically right yeah. away. And it just came naturally. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll get my degree in education. So uh, before I deployed, I was already a teacher. I was already teaching in the high schools here in, you know, Montreal and the West Island. And so when I came back from my mission in 2011, within a few months, I was already back in the classroom, even though my buddies who some were teachers and had been overseas before, they're like, don't do that. It's a really bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you can't tell me what to do, bro. Like, <laughs> I know me. I'm good to go. I need to start working again. Um, because that's the, that, that's one thing I think uh, even folks in the military that aren't reservists, they don't realize like w- when we're done our mission, we come home and like we go on unemployment insurance. There's nothing to support us. Like our job, it's, it's like, it's like our job is done. Our contract's done. It's just yeah. like, okay, what do I do now? And like, I didn't, I couldn't bear to go on unemployment. Yeah. You know, I was just like, I was like, oh, I'm not going on unemployment. Like I just yeah. got back from war. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I get a job. And, um, that's what I did, but it was, a, I guess, it, I mean, in hindsight, it was a blessing, but it was hard on me. Like, it was just like, I wasn't ready. Like psychologically, I was a mess. Physically, I was a mess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, it, I only lasted about three months and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to go back. And so I left for about a year. I focused on my military stuff. I, you know, got a position, uh, at my regiment teaching Yeah. and then slowly kind of got back into it. Like I was doing more military stuff and I was like, okay, I think I'm done with the military stuff. I think I can go back. And then I got a great job at, um, a high school here, your yeah. alma mater, uh, Loyola high school. So then that was like, always my dream job. So, you know, I spent about six years there and it was, it was a great experience, but again, it was one of those things like it was just part of the journey. And now, uh, I'm out doing my own thing and I, you know, I met some great people and I, I learned a lot there about yeah, great friendships, right? And right. All these lessons, right. Along the way there, that's what they are. If you can look back and, and, you know, analyze them, enjoy them, take what you, mm-hmm. take what you want from them, you know, yeah. the stuff you don't like, you, you've, you, you learn to veer away from in future endeavors and future projects, right? Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. And then, all right. Let's so so now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if in my introduction I was. Uh, so now, Dave runs his own business, successful online business, right? You're a coach. You're a, you're a mentor, right? I, again, a coach and mentor is a teacher, right? So it's mm. it's interesting, right? All these uh, this, and I th- I think we are all teachers to some aspect, right? You're you're a teacher with your kids, right? You're yeah. You know whether people believe it or not, we're all teaching. Anytime we carry ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. In a relationship, right? Yeah. So um, tell us a bit about the online journey. What, sure. What's going on there? <laughs> sure. And, and the struggles, right? And the, oh, and the yeah. learning and the hurdles and the obstacles. You know, let's uh, get me up to speed on that. Yeah. Or, All right. Or get our listeners. All right. Here we go, folks. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so has it been a smooth sailing yeah. journey? Uh, if anybody, if there's an, if there's an entrepreneur out there and, yeah. and you know that says, oh, yeah, it's been smooth. It, they're, they're lying. They're just yeah. straight up lying. It, it is impossible for things to be smooth sailing yeah. when you start something from nothing. It's a, it's a pure creative process. You, yeah. There's no way that you can start jumping into the entrepreneur world and be like, oh, I, I nailed it first time. <laughs> I, I, if there is good on you, but you know, essentially I got into this cause I've always had this feeling that I need to start something of my own, but I always suppressed it. And you know, whether it's the family or just the messages you get, like who am I to start my own business? It was kind of the message that was always kind of 
ringing in my own head. So that negative self-talk is just is one thing that I had to overcome. And it basically just started because I was teaching. What I didn't know is that I was struggling with PTSD from my mission. And I just, I, I just didn't want to accept that something was wrong. And I was having a really hard time teaching. I was just, it was getting so hard that, you know, like I, I was getting anxiety going into work. Um, I was getting anxiety at work. I was hiding it well. I was super miserable when I got home because I was just so depleted, you know, emotionally, psychologically, neurologically from just holding everything down that, you know, being nice with my wife and, and trying to, you know, uh, you know, raise a son and, you know, kids and stuff like that. It was just, it was getting harder and harder and harder. Mm -hmm. And uh, on top of compounded with that was, you know, back issues, knee yeah. issues. Yeah, the you can't separate the physical from the emotional, right? They're, right, they're right. literally right. You know, mirror, right. mirrors of each other. Right, and it was really my, my, uh, my back injury that was kind of the catalyst for all this. So I'm, like, I'm very thankful for that back injury because, uh, you know, I wasn't seeing anybody for it for a long time. I was just suffering in silence, you know, getting out of the car and groaning and like making old man sounds all the time. Just like, oh, and I was, I was like young thirties, right? I'm only 40 now. Um, and that was, that was kind of like the moment where I, I couldn't move cause I, it just, it locked up at work. And like, I had to struggle through the whole day. It was, it's hilarious looking back to it, but like I, I was at like a permanent 45 degree <laughs> yeah. tilt. Right. And I was shuffling around and the secretary at the school was like, Oh, we have a walker that we give to our like 85 year old priest. You want that? I was like, bring it on. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't get up the stairs. Like, I can't do anything. So I was walking around the walker all day. I taught all day because I had, I couldn't take the day off because I had a big, like 75% presentation that I was doing at McGill because I was doing my master's at the time. So I had to just tough it out. So I just told my kids, I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm in bad shape. You, I think you can tell we're just watching movies all day. They're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the whole day. And then I got to uh, McGill, did my presentation, sitting down. My wife came to get me. She thought I was faking because I've never, yeah. I've never been in like, I've never shown that I'm in like that much pain. I've never, she's like, what's going on? Like, I can't move. Like I can barely shuffle my feet. Like it was just agony. And so being stuck in bed for a few days and like having to have my wife like help me and like, you know, it was just, it, it was, it was embarrassing to me. And like I had a, my son, like he was only like two, three months old at the time. Yeah. Couldn't be a dad really. And I was like, okay, I got to change. And so I got, I got a personal trainer and uh, who's still my trainer to this day. And, uh, you know, I said like, I'm broken, man. I, I, I think I might have to go get surgery, but if I want to go, if I'm going to get surgery, I want to be so strong that I can rebound like that. He's like, all right, let's do it. So we started just from the basics, like stepping on a box, you know, like just the no weight, just baby steps. And then I finally got to see you because, uh, Andy was yeah. like, Hey, take my spot, man. You need a lot more than me. <laughs> so yeah. So you fixed me up. And then since then I've been coming to see you and your team here, which has been great. Cause you're like my mechanics, right? You just keep things you know, yeah. moving well. And like this week it, it wasn't so good. So you, you, you sorted me out. And, but it was really at that moment that I realized I'm like, okay, that moment where I was on my back, I couldn't move. I'm like, things aren't going well. There's something off. And I started really being a lot more introspective. And then that's when like the, the issues started to bubble up. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because that's really what led me to become an entrepreneur because although I was dealing with my back issues and my PTSD issues, uh, the, the, the alarm bells that were, were, were the that check were, engine lights. Yeah. They were all going off there. Was, I wasn't listening to like what was going on inside. It was like, you're not in the right environment. You're yeah. in the wrong environment for who you are. Um, and it was listening to podcasts that really helped me 
come out of that shell. And I remember having, you know, it was about eight months of conversations with my wife. Like, I don't think I can go back to school. Like, you know, we obviously yeah. I'm a teacher. We have a summer break. I'm like, I can't go. I can't go back after this summer. Like, I cannot go back. Like, I'm, I'm already anxious. I'm already like panicking that I have to go back in September. So I started looking for new jobs. I got a job in tech at a startup. Again, another bad fit, but you know what do you expect? I, all I knew was the military and teaching. You have to try, right? so you have to try, and I, I tried. It didn't fit. So now I'm on unemployment. I kind of had a training business already going. I was seeing people face to face, but my coach, who I mentioned earlier, was already training me online. Basically, I'd still go see him face to face every now and then, but everything was programmed. I'm like, is this something I could just do? Like, could I just take my clients and just bring them online and be like, hey, like I don't physically see you ever again yeah now we just use an online platform and this is a business model and sure enough and like that's that's a weird thing too like you put a certain intention out to the universe and I, I really believe like that energy and stuff like that that when you put energy out to the universe things come to find you i got a random inbox message on linkedin from this online coach was it the online coach it wasn't the online coaches federation it was it was a fit pro academy or something okay, like that yeah. so it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of dudes in the uk that had just blown up an online coaching business and they were just writing people that had like personal trainer in their yeah. in their in their description and it just hit me at the right time it hit me at the right time they're like hey we're running the seminar it's in spain and it, everything screamed at me like do this right now. You, like, I have no idea who these guys are. It could be a total scam. And so I used all of my brownie points to my wife. I was like, I think I have to go do this. It's a four day seminar in Spain. She's like, Excuse me, we're not going to Spain. What do you think? We have kids. Like, we're not going to Spain. I'm like, I have to do this. Yeah. Um, and I did. And it was actually amazing. Yeah. And it really just, it was just a room full of, you know, young entrepreneurs. I was the only Canadian. I was the only one because they all came from the UK to Spain. That's, yeah, like a two-hour flight, not even. I came all the way across an ocean. And they're like, "Wow, you're really committed." And you know, is is the the guy that ran it uh, is you know a, a serial entrepreneur. He's very aggressive. You know, he you can tell. Like, he, if we we wouldn't really get along as friends, but what he did say to me that really stuck with me is like, "Dude, you're being selfish." And I got angry. I, like immediately, I like I was just like, I was like, "Nobody, I'm not a selfish person. How dare you?" You know? He's like, "No." He's like, "Everything you've got in your brain, like you're." You got injured, you're in the military, you have decades of experience, you're a personal trainer, you know your shit, and you're just going to sit on that and not let anybody in on that knowledge? Oh, interesting. I like it. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's like, that's crazy selfish. Yeah. He's like, you have a, you have an obligation, if anything, to get out there and, and, and do what you got to do. And I was like, from that moment on, I was like, yep, yeah. you're right. That's, that's an interesting thought, if I can interject for a second. That's what we teach here, right? It's just like, you know, it's a disservice to your community if you're not literally yelling from the mountaintops um, how you can help people, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, like because like you said, you're, you're, you're going to connect and be a teacher to someone. You're going to help someone in their journey. So that's awesome, man. So, like, mm -hmm. yeah, he called you out. That's a, uh, that's a really, yeah. Yeah, he, he read me well because, I don't, like, when people yeah. call me out, I get... I get fired up, defensive, I get fired oh, up. It's like when my wife calls me. I get defensive. <laughs> my yeah, and uh, there was another. There was another guy there, Sean, uh, who uh, is a veteran as well from the British military. And what that—that's what. So like, he he immediately turned to him. He's like, Sean. Yeah. Would you listen to what Dave had to say? 
He's like, oh, hells yeah. And I was like, and I, I really respected Sean too, because like he, he was, he was a special individual. Like he had done, he was um, uh, an EOD tech. So explosive ordnance wow. device uh, technician. So he was like diffusing bombs in like Syria and stuff. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was the confirmation I needed. Um, and yeah, so then I just took off from there and I, I remember my first blog post I wrote in the airport at Schiphol airport in, uh, in Amsterdam. And, uh, it was just about like my back injury and how that totally changed my life. I posted on LinkedIn and then I'd never done anything like that before in my life. And then all of a sudden like people are writing and like commenting like, dude, awesome posts. Like you got to do more of these. So cool to hear your story. And I was like, well, it was, it was emotional for me because I, I'd never, I don't know. I never had that kind of, uh, I guess that intimate relationship with my past and like my military experience. And now I'm going into this new world and people are uh, reaffirming that I'm doing the right thing. It was, I've never had that before. So that emotional connection was, was really powerful. And then it's just the slow build, you know, waking up every day, you know, getting up super early, um, you know, doing my exercise to make sure that my back stays in good health, which was really important. I still do that every day. Um, and then just, grinding it out i wrote a book yeah. uh, put together my my website launched a training platform hustled for clients and uh well, it's been three years now and uh so now the, there's the podcast which we've been going on for about two and a half yeah. years now what's the name of the podcast it's called hard, the hard to kill podcast hard to yeah. Kill podcast yeah yeah i really dove into everything all at once yeah i read a book called key person of influence okay uh by Stephen Presley or Pressfield? Oh, or, it's Pressfield. Yeah, is it Pressfield? The, yeah, the War of Art. Same guy that wrote the War of Art. Oh, I um, yeah. Oh, is that? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know any of his other oh, works. Man, you okay? Well, I'm gonna uh, read that one. What's it called? The, so it's the Key Person of Influence. Key Person of Influence. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm. I think it's Stephen Press. Stephen Pressfield. He's amazing. He's an amazing author. Yeah. 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 And then so he, another one of his books, which you got to read, is called The War of Art or the Art. No, the art. One the of art of war. That's Sun Tzu. So that's the art somebody of, else. Art of war, Sun Tzu. This is called the <laughs> War of Art. So this, oh, yeah? is, you'll appreciate it because it's 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 amazing. The message from it is just like resistance, and he calls it the dragon, right? It's mm -hmm. and it's gonna it's gonna show itself at every waking moment of the day, mm. and you continuously have to slay that resistance, right? And resistance first. One person can be something for another person. It's something else, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it's amazing. He talks about, and how do you, how do you slay resistance? It's like you turn pro. So you got to get up every day and you gotta, you gotta set routines and schedules and you gotta be diligent and stick to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in that you got to read that one. That's one that we've recommended to our, our listeners. And it's, if you haven't read it, read it, read it yet or listen to it, like it's, you got to, you have to, it's, Cut. and what's so name the other one again. So it's key person of influence, key person of influence. And anybody that's in the entrepreneur field, like I, I, I mentioned it a lot because it just, it, it made the case for if you're going to be like the guy in your field, yeah. it's just, it's as simple as if I go on Google and type in your name, mm -hmm. what shows up? That's what people are doing. Like if yeah. you meet me, you know, I meet you for the first time, I'm going to type your name in, yeah. you know, you're going to meet me. I was like, is this guy legit? Type your name in. And as soon as you have blogs, uh, podcasts, a book, a book, I was just, so those are the, th I was like, okay, well that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I just, I bought all in immediately. And, uh, that's, that's how I got started. Now some would say like, it's probably not the best idea to, to do everything all at once. Cause now you're not focused and there's some merit to that. Yeah. I can, now I'm starting to dovetail mostly to my podcast. Interesting. Cause I love it. You love it. Exactly. Yeah. So it comes down to, you know, essentially you might want a shotgun approach, right? If you can, 
right? But then you're going to reevaluate that and then just do what you love to do because that's going to fill up your cup, right? That's exactly it. And, you know, like, especially early on, it doesn't matter because nobody's listening. No, exactly. (laughs) You know, like, like, I I don't know how it was for you when you first launched the podcast, but for me, the nerve-wracking... My dad, my dad would listen. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was nerve-wracking for me. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to put out... Jason's mom. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's all you can expect. You know, it's like if you become a politician for the first time, like, you just hope that your wife and your kids and, like, your your relatives vote for you, you know? Like, are you really going to knock it out of the park? Likely not. And it's that, I guess it's that, it's that fear of the unknown and imposter syndrome. And, and, but then you just have to, like, for me, it was like that infantry attitude, that army attitude of like, dude, you're you're worthless. Like everybody here is equally worthless. Like, and you're starting from nothing. Nobody's going to care that you sucked on your first episode because literally nobody's listening. Maybe your mom. So just go ahead and do it. Okay. Quick, quick, quick question then. Knowing now what you know, looking back three years in, um, so a lot of our listeners, right, they're, they're entrepreneurs, whether they like to believe it or not. And we call ourselves healers, but you're running your own business. And, and that's a true statement, whether you're part of a big clinic like we have, like a lot of our young osteopaths that join us and our young practitioners, like we feed a lot of their clientele. But guess what? They're still running their own practice within a practice, right? So whether you're a sole practitioner, whether you're part of a group practice, you are an entrepreneur. So you know, someone looking back and let's say someone like our market, like what would be kind of like, if you had to do it over again, where would you focus your efforts? I know, like you said, you, you, sometimes you need that shotgun approach and then you say, Oh, I don't like that. That worked this, but it, like just, just in a quick kind of quick tip, what would you recommend? Oh, well, I think undoubtedly like the, the single most important thing as an entrepreneur is your network. Like it's network. immediately. Okay. Make sure, like, if you're if you're diving in, and that's what I realized. I I sucked at building networks mm-hmm. for a long time. I, I and I don't know why I was of that opinion. Like, ah, I don't need to stay in touch with people. Lone wolf. Yeah, it's, it's a like, lone I wolf. Can do this. I, I can do this. Yeah, like, yeah. what? And also, I guess being a teacher too. The, the teacher network sucks. No, like other than like the, the like we don't help each other out. It's a very, it's a very bizarre world to live in. And even the military world that I came from, I I, I was a non commissioned officer, so that means you know like I'm a I was a sergeant, and um, we basically like we're like the foreman of you know the 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 army world. Um, so we we make sure that things get done, but we're not coming up with the plans. I did eventually become an officer, and then I realized I'm like oh. It's the officers that hold the networks. Like that's what they look out for each other. They get each other's job. They get jobs for guys. Like they build that network. And even if you're not really good at your job, they still look out for you. Yeah. And I was like, there's something to that. You're a person first, right? If you know people. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like, you may not be good at this job, this specific job, but you know what? You're a good guy. Like, I think I got a better position for you. And like, let me talk to my buddy over here. And, and then. Loyola, when I was teaching there, that's where I really understood the power of networks because, like, the alumni, the alumni, crazy. I was like, you know, I was talking to the kids that, you know, like, especially young, young guys, you know, 14, 15, like, this place sucks. I'm like, look, let me, let me tell you, tell you straight. I have like two, maybe three friends from high school. And we chat on, you know, Facebook or whatever like that, but we're all over the planet and we're, we're not really tight anymore. We don't really look out for each other, but. I see your reunion. You've got like hundreds, maybe a thousand ex Loyola students, all alumni showing up from like all over the world, hanging out together. 
you can't, you, like, that's what you're paying for here. You're building an incredible network that you don't recognize yet, but you, this is going to be the, the most important thing in your life moving forward. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is, this is probably one of the most important things that I've been neglecting okay. for so long. Okay, so how do you, okay, you're an entrepreneur. So we, we've had some, like I say, in this marketing series, we've had some awesome tips on that because that, that seems to be the common theme, right? Um, you know, one person, so how would you go about, like, what would you say? Like, because your network, like your first conference you went to, like mm -hmm. you created a network. You mm -hmm. met guys and people and trainers that were doing what you wanted to do, right? Or starting to do what you want to do. So is like, is that what you say? Meet people to yeah. say hello? Like, I, like, there's nothing more important than going out and shaking a hand and like yeah. saying like, and, and, you know, like I'm still in the, the um, kind of like the take phase of yeah. my business, right? Like I'm, I'm still looking, you know, for people to grow, like exactly to grow, but I do everything in my power to try and give as much as possible with no expectation of return. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they just want to take, 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 yeah. take, 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 but you know, it's just be a human being, you know, that like you meet somebody that you make a connection with. Okay. Like how do you cultivate just a relationship? Mm -hmm. Hey, happy birthday, man. Yeah. Hey, great post. Like I really like that. That was cool. Just supportive, little, little, yeah. little supportive things. And if something comes your way with another, you know, form of business or another client, maybe you can't serve that individual. Be like, I got a guy for you. Interesting. And, and yeah. do the referrals like and with no expectation because it eventually comes back to you. And that's, so, you know, that's, you know, so, you know, there's, there's two individuals from that one seminar that I did that I'm still regularly in contact with. And it's, it's not like I'm getting business from them, no. but they're a great sounding board for whatever I want to do. They always reply. So, and they're in the UK. And then, you know, I've got individuals down in the States that, you know, I've had them on the podcast and that's why I started a podcast. I have talked to the coolest people, including yourself, uh, on my podcast and we just have conversations about yeah. everything. And then, you know, send them a Christmas card, send them at the end of the day, like building that network is, is money in the bank as an entrepreneur, because you know, let's say I do need something. I'm like, ah, I'm starting this thing. I'm having a hard time. Like, it's Hey, what could, what, like, Oh, don't actually, worry, Dave, I'll help you out. Like, I, and that's what happened like the other day with, you know, my podcast, getting a podcast guest. Yeah. It's actually a lesson for life, Dave. I mean, I, I think the most important thing is, is that if you, you know, like we, we always say take away money from the situation, right? If you have friends, right? Family, right? You have everything, right? So mm -hmm. your network becomes that. Like uh, I can give an example just for our listeners, and I'm sure I've said this before, but I remember. So it it, it really kind of you have to change the mindset of like scarcity versus abundance, right? It's how you see the world. And I I remember, right? I, there was a moment in time in practice where I was like, oh, okay, there, there's enough patience for everyone. And and an example was one of I don't know some one of my patients, but I was willing she was asking me a question for her daughter and uh and i kind of just said like oh no i, I can i can this person you know this person would be the best and they weren't in our office like we have a multiple disciplinary clinic and i was sending her like across town to a colleague of mine and it was so funny it was so impactful on the the woman she was like oh you know sean's willing to send us across here because that's who he feels and she's like no, I want her to see you, right? It was it was hilarious, yeah. right? So it ended up being like a like this boomerang, and I I was just doing it out of the love and for the patient. But the more you give, the more you get back, right? You have to be willing. Like never once in my life, um, in, early on it was different, right? I was afraid to refer patients elsewhere, mm -hmm. like because mm -hmm. I was, I was like, oh no, I need them, I got to pay my bills, right? Mm -hmm. But as soon as I made that shift, that it was okay to 
to refer out, it comes back in droves, right? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, so so that's cool. So like if so, I can think of two ways like of improving your network if you're a new graduate. So one could be like online through different groups and communities that you're just reaching out, introducing yourself, commenting on what people are doing, telling them telling them they're doing an amazing job. Right, not even even advertising your services, just connecting with them. Uh, that's online, and then in person would be just local community, wherever your practice is. Like we talk about this all the time. Go out and introduce yourself. Say, hey, buy stuff from their sh- from local shops, local merchants. Mm-hmm. And just have a conversation. Introduce yourself. Talk to them. Let them know where you're working, and uh, you know. And that's essentially what you're saying to do, right? It, there's no there's nothing better than a handshake. Like yeah. it, it, business will never change as long as we're still human beings with like flesh and blood bodies, and we're not in the meta verse all the time even at even at that we'll, we'll be still, in the metaverse the ones we'll be shaking hands too like exactly uh you know like case in point you just mentioned local community like uh victor rose here was selling yeah. my books yeah it's you amazing, know like man. it's just you, you just make those connections you build community and once you have a community and you, once you have a following like that is your that is your essence for your business and yeah. that's you know for me like it's a facebook group like uh, yeah. that was part of my business plan is like i have to have a communal spot where people that actually like what i have to say want to congregate and building that slowly and, and, you know, making sure that it's, it's well cultivated is, is part of my business model because I'm not selling things in there all the time. I do sometimes, but very rarely. I just, I want people to know, like, and trust me. And that's, you know, it takes about, uh, I think it's an average of five touches um, before somebody decides, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm going to buy a training program. And that's kind of like every business, right? You need to have the ability to convey a message that somebody actually appreciates and then you can build that no like trust and especially online since I don't have a storefront people can't just walk in and be like oh hey Dave what's up yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. yeah I have an office but it's not it's not walking you know yeah. like it's so I have to have that ability to, to reach out and, and touch people and that's you know obviously in the online space and then you can have that uh, incubator uh, if you want to call it in, on Facebook but there's nothing that beats face to face and unfortunately because of COVID yeah. that's been really cut down and normally I'd be you know in the units here yeah. in Montreal with all the, um, all the different regiments doing just quick seminars, you know, two, three hours of like, mobility work and like how to prevent injuries for your young guys and like, uh, and gals and like how to stay fit and stuff like that for the military, but I haven't been able to do it. So it's starting to come back. So I expect to, to get back on that circuit and then, you know, head down to the States. Like that we have, the, there's, there's, there's little, literal veteran business yeah. conferences in the States that, I know I have to get to. It's on my calendar, but I wasn't. Yeah. I, I wasn't able to leave my country. <laughs> so um, that's that's going to be an, another thing on the list too. And you can't you you can't beat the interaction that you can get at those things. And yeah. you know, even it doesn't have to be related to what you're doing. It's just just get out there. And if you're not a person, like if you're not somebody that likes going out there and like shaking hands and stuff like that. Get somebody in your organization that does. That does. Or confront the fear, right? And just jump in. There you and go. Lean in and do it, right? It's a, like you say, it starts with one handshake and then, you there know, you, go. you might, it's like, you know, you might, you might, it might be an awkward handshake, but you, next time you try and you do it less awkward, right? And, right. I'm a social butterfly. So this is yeah. like my favorite part of business is like talking to people and like shaking hands and, you know, having a drink and just, yeah. you know, like I, I, that, part of the reason why I want to go down the States too is like, I just want to hang out with like. American yeah. veterans and shoot guns and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> like, sure. um, because there's like there's like a cultural right pull to that. Right, right. here, kind of, but yeah. we just we don't have the same access to the, you know weapons and, and all that stuff too. So like our veteran communities, uh, I call it I, I, I coined the term, so I'll I'll take it to the bank. I call it the veteran renaissance. Renaissance. We're um, we're seeing just a lot of veteran-run businesses just yeah. pop up, and it's because most veterans are my age or younger. Yeah. 
and we've got the fire, we've got the determination, so, and we're just you starting know what's businesses. Interesting? It's funny. So, you know, uh, Alicia's uh, husband, right? And or man, sorry, if <laughs> you listen to that. Um, <laughs> correct, correct. I'll tell. I'll, t- I'll text him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, amazing individual, right? But we were joking yeah. because my son was asking me about about uh, just um, you know November 11th here, and he was saying so veterans, right? And I was showing him pictures of my grandfather who had, who fought in World War II. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan was in one day getting treated, and he's like, uh, he's like, well, he's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, you know, I'm a veteran. I'm a a veteran. And I'm like, holy shit. Yes, yes, you are. It was hilarious how, like, just this concept of veteran, even for me, was my grandfather. Yeah. Right? World War II. Yeah. And, and then, and so then Casey was like, oh, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I was like, well, no, definitely. It's, it's interesting. Like, I, I, it's crazy how you just let that slip through. And like you say, the veterans are 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 our age now, right? Yeah, I mean, and I, younger and, and, and younger. Like it's just it's just the yeah the the image has been presented for so long. Yeah, you know how many like even for myself, the idea that to identify myself as a veteran was kind of like yeah, but I'm not gray and like yeah. crippled or like you know like I'm not like shuffling up to like the yeah, the yeah. cenotaph. I, I I'm me. Like I'm in my 30s uh, now. I'm 40. Like. What does that mean? And it's just like, well, we're the ones that are, we're like the torchbearers now. Like, we're the ones that carry on that yeah. tradition. And um, most Canadians, and same thing. I, I, I'm a veteran, and I still think of veterans as yeah. the old timers, right? Uh, because there's so many of them, right? My yeah. grandfather, case in point, you know? Like, my grandmother, like, she built freaking bombs in uh, in England during the war. Like, everybody was involved. Yeah. Um, and it's just that that era is is pretty much over there's very few world war ii veterans left so you know yeah. we are the ones that are we're the, we're, we're the torch bearers now and so it's it's interesting to see because we don't really have the infrastructure um i'm going on a little bit of a tangent here but like when it comes to veterans and like being in business there's no that there's no category of like veteran business owner we're starting to kind of build it but it's very loose in yeah. the states so they said no network no support groups no right and, and they're starting they're 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 building yeah. like there's uh like i did a great uh, a great course called princess operation entrepreneur which was paid for it's a charity it's a uh, prince of wales which is yeah. you know prince charles that uh that funds it so uh it started in the uk but since we're a colony right um uh, our former colony we we get access to it um so it's a week of business training and that's kind of what got me started I, it was very basic but it was a week at the university of regina and we just um had a you know a, a cohort of i think 15 or 20 veterans all you had to have a business plan that was the, the criteria to enter and so i had my business plan and then i just met a few interesting and that's actually where i got the, the idea for an online business because there was another veteran who was there who's starting an online business and this is six years ago i think seven years ago and i was like you're doing online training <laughs> it's like yeah man i'm like is it going well he's like it is i'm like that's wild um so I planted the seed and then I, you got some basics there and um then we started from there and so there's that and then there's other organizations that are kind of loosely affiliated so look at the parallels like uh, that i see just through our conversation right you say you said number one thing is network right so it's now network is in the network in um you know the community you intend to serve right that's mm-hmm. a network the network in a commu- a supportive community on your your ongoing journey as an entrepreneur that's a, that's a network right there's there's like you say the uh what some would say a competitive network but it's actually very supportive right people who are doing the same thing you want to do Mm-hmm. Right, you're not gonna, you're, you know, maybe if you're next door to each other, you might be competing, but I would say no, you're two different people going after two different, you know, avatars, right? So, there's these are all networks, 
they're all networks mm -hmm. that you should have, right? And and then you you interact with those networks, yep. right? You just be a good person in service of others and and helpful. <laughs> there you go. And, and it just and it just comes full circle. It's so interesting, man. You um yeah, you brought up like that that service uh, aspect. You know, like understanding your why. Yeah. If you understand your why well enough, and you get into the business, odds are you probably do well. Like my why is I want to fundamentally change the paradigm of, you know, veteran and military health. Mm -hmm. um, I was fed up with the idea of like, if I'm psychologically a bit broken, you know, and I need help. Okay, cool. But there, there's more to me than just my, my mind. How do we ensure that I'm good? And that's where we're missing the mark. And there's the research in the States. I was just like, yeah, that's it. Cause I was going through it. And I'm like, yeah, how come I'm not, how come nobody's focusing on the fact that like, like, yeah, I'm going to get treatment for my back. Yeah, yeah. I'm get, but how about A, uh, learning how to not get to that state? And then B, if that does happen, how do I physically make sure that I get out of this state so that psychologically things can get better faster? And so that's just where I'm, I'm just filling the gap. And so everything I do, like I do a lot of free content. Yeah. And the point of that is because my why is I want to make this community my community better mm -hmm. and that's why i got the podcast the blogs like you can you can go through all my stuff and you know it's training programs and there's there's, there's interviews with like amazing people like kelly starrett and yeah. like you know a bunch of other doctors that just like yourself <laughs> like <laughs> just giving you just a, a like a ton of knowledge that you wouldn't even theoretically need me no if you can put it all together yeah you could you could bang it out of the park, but the reason why I have but a job, you've, crea you've created the network, right? created the community and the network. Exactly. Yeah. And, and my goal is to keep on growing. My goal is to uh, eventually have any veteran that gets out that's a bit busted up. They will not only just have therapy, but they'll, they'll, they'll get the tools, the, the physical tools to thrive. Yeah. And so we're slowly getting there. We have one program for, it's only for female veterans right now um, to help them get stronger, fitter, faster, subsidized. We're looking to build that with University of British Columbia to scale it to the next level and then eventually get it at the national level and get proof of concept that, yeah. hey, we're getting people like fitter, stronger, and healthier faster than the protocol you have now at a reduced cost. Yeah. Let's let's scale this up. So, and that's that's been my kind of, I wouldn't say it's my end state, but it's definitely one of my stated goals. And that's that's just what I have my eye on constantly so everything i do is is to is to make that goal closer and closer and closer it's, it's funny i, I uh, listening to your story dave i see so many parallels like i have my younger brother uh, played professional hockey for until he was 35 36 and uh, it's funny like watching him transition out of professional sports is very similar to transitioning mm. out of the military and just this this like you're part of the club and then one day you don't sign a contract and you're like you know, your agent's like, well, you're not making me any money. Anymore. And boom, you're done. Yeah. You're done, you know. And my brother, fortunately enough, had a university degree, had his MBA, right? Like did stuff throughout. And so he could lean on his other network, his alumni from college, from like as a lot of the, the, you know, the buddies he had played hockey with in college were, you know, successful careers now. So he could, he went to, like he was very proactive, but, but he still struggled, man. He had a year and a half of just frigging down in the dumps because... You're, you're part of this boys club and all of a sudden it's gone, right? Mm. And you're now forced out in, you know, at 35 and you're like, well, what, are, like, like I say, like luckily my brother had that network, but he, he actually kind of thought about so, like, how can I 
help other athletes transition, right? It's funny you mention that. Yeah. I, l- I listened to a podcast about a year ago yeah. about this NFL player who literally started that. Mm-hmm. Because the overwhelming majority of pro athletes yeah. aren't superstars. No. It's no, like no. 99% are not superstars. No, no. These aren't guys that, that are all signing the million-dollar contracts. Right. These are, you know, guys and women that are have are unbelievable what they do, but... You know, there's only so few that make that top dollar, right? Right. They didn't crack that like 1% yeah. of, and, and the careers are super short. Like yeah. we often forget too, and they're often really badly injured. Like yeah. I, I remember this yeah. podcast, I wish I could remember his name, but you know, just this story, like everybody's story is, is fascinating, right? Yeah. Every human being has a cool story. His story was fascinating. He played in the NFL. He was getting cut and like he'd, he'd make it to, like he was playing for the Kansas City Chiefs and they won the Super Bowl and then he got cut again and like he was really badly injured and he kept on playing. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, now I just help other athletes, you know, help with that transition because like to make it to the NFL and, or any professional sport, you've dedicated your entire life since you were like five years old, basically to this one thing. Mm-hmm. And now this thing no longer exists. <laughs> and that's not what we do in the military. Like we, you know, we joined maybe when we we're 19, 20, yeah. but you know, there's that, there's that threat of death and like that acceptance of death. And so there's a, there's a lot more weight to it, but it becomes part of you can't you can't help but it become part of you like i was literally working for department of national defense helping with that transition phase yeah. for individuals that are leaving because i had a hard time with it and i was still implicated in, in society like i yeah. lived in montreal like i i didn't have a base to go to and i still had a hard time with it because there was such a like because i got released I, they said you can't work for us anymore you're injured and i was like oh, okay and then that was a big part of who i was and i didn't accept it as much as uh, as i should have i guess but then those issues with like a change in identity was what I was struggling with primarily. And then now I've, I've realized, you know, entrepreneurship and being involved in business. And I, I realized that if I'm going to make a business, I need to, I need to connect a few of the things that I'm really passionate about. And one of them's fitness. And then the other one was the military. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, putting those two things together and I love to talk clearly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how do I make all this work? <laughs> and so I just kind of built my own little system and that's, you know, that's the best way forward. Like if you're doing, if you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, like you might see a really good business opportunity and be like, man, I should really get into that. But if that's not something you're passionate about or it's who you are or it's, it's, it's yeah, it, you, people will see through that, right? Like they'll yeah. see like, wow, well, it's not really congruent with who you are. So you got to really find, you know, you want to call it your voice or whatever it is. Like you got to be, you got to be that individual like it, it really 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 helps and like I, I imagine most people in your profession you don't get into yeah. healing if you don't want to truly help other human beings so that's probably just an easy fit um but the entrepreneurship side of things that's and that's why you have this podcast is like that's that's something that might be a little bit scary a little bit different than what you're used to because yeah. at least I don't know, maybe I'm perceiving this wrong, but like being a healer doesn't necessarily translate to being a good entrepreneur because they seem kind of like you have to be a bit aggressive, right? With, mm. with being an entrepreneur, like you can't just let things slide. You have to call people. You have to be like, no, 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 no. Hey, like, no, we're, we're doing this now. Like we're going to settle a deal that takes a, a certain yeah. type of personality to be in that space. Right. Yeah. So, uh, or there's, might, or there's at least an understanding of it, right. That, that can help, right. That's what we say. There's an understanding of it that, you know, you want to know the fundamentals of entrepreneurship and business you know sometimes your healing and your reputation will do it for you right mm-hmm. which is an amazing way right and that's what we teach but uh but no it's it's yeah it, this has been awesome dave man it's so funny i know the other day when you were in we were chatting a little bit about uh just other 
ideas of where we thought the podcast might go, just some more technical stuff. But this is, <laughs> this is way better because the, the technical stuff is, like I say, sure. anybody can learn it or you can subcontract, you can hire it. And we, we were just chatting a bit about, uh, you know, just running like, you know, we were talking about split split testing and this and that. And But you know what? I'm happy with the way that this podcast went today. Yeah, absolutely. I think our, our listeners are going to get, um, you know, more than... Uh, more than they actually, uh, you know, would perceive they, they need from this. And, and, uh, you know what, how can, if, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they hit you up? Where, where, uh, yeah. where should they reach you? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, we did talk about that split testing and stuff like that. If I could just summarize. <laughs> well, you, well I, I, I'm going to plant seed, but more likely than not, you're going to oh, be, I'll do another, uh, we'll do another you're one. going to be back on. It's not, it's not like I'm far away. Um, and, and, I, and I've even, I've, <laughs> I pre-planted this seed way back ago. I, I told uh, Dave that one day we were going to host the Osteo Business, Business Summit and, uh, and Dave would be a presenter at our conference. So <laughs> that is on, that's on air too. That's in the interwebs okay. and on, okay. it soon to be in, you know, four or five weeks, we'll be on the, uh, you know, on the, in the podcast solid. world. So now solid. that we've said that, so Dave, Dave might be a uh, solid, I got to get my, I got to up my yeah. game. Yeah, I got to up my be, game. You might be, bef- you might be after, uh, let me see, let me plant the, the other seed. You might be after Tim Ferriss or uh, no, let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. You yeah, got to, you got to swing for the rafters, exactly. man. If you're not swinging for, that's another concept. If you're not swinging for the rafters. Yeah. You're not doing it right. Um, Okay, so uh, just a quick, yeah. if, just if we want to talk about marketing, just in, in, in oh, briefest yeah, term, cool. like I'm, I'm, I run Facebook ads. That's what I know. Yeah, it so is literally an our, experiment. Our hour, our hour podcast. We're gonna sum it up in. If you're gonna get into something, especially marketing, just think of it as a lab experiment. That's all it is. And when you're getting into entrepreneurship, it is just a lab experiment. Try something and iterate as fast as humanly possible. Come up with your hypothesis, test it. It worked. Carry on. It doesn't. Drop it. Move on. Oh, like the you mean like the hypothesis? We're we're all still living right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Just Should constantly, we... constantly iterate. Don't be scared. Move Make on. it happen. If it, if it works, doesn't it works. work, yeah. if it works, it works. If the, and it, yeah, exactly. If you don't, if you don't actually go out and test it, it's never going to be perfect. You're yeah. never going to have that perfect website. You're never going to have that perfect sales pitch. You're never going to have anything perfect. It only gets proven in the crucible. So get out there, make it happen, and you'll you'll start improving faster than the other guy, and that's what make you successful. Because no one remembers, right? I know people are always worried about putting putting something out that 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 you know isn't perfect, but no one remembers. They remember what's in front of them, right? No, so, exactly. So that's just exactly keep, it. Just keep doing it and uh, try and try again. Iterate, iterate, iterate. That's my, uh, that's my, I guess, lesson awesome. for the day. So how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so you can go to my website, Dave Morrow, that's M-O-R-R-O-W.net. Um, you can find me there. Uh, my email is really simple too. I don't mind people sending me emails. Dave Mor- it's Dave at DaveMorrow.net. Super easy. Um, and you can go to Facebook. Uh, that's where I do a lot of my damage. And uh, that's at Dave Morrow PT. By damage, you mean help people. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, it's at Dave Morrow PT or the Hard to Kill Podcast, but it's spelled H-R-D, um, not H-A-R-D. Uh, all one word, Hard to Kill Podcast. And uh, you can find my podcast too uh, at DaveMorrow.net. 
Google.net and it's the Hard to Kill podcast. If you type it into Google or if you type it into um, Apple uh, iTunes or uh, Alexa, if you say, hey, play the Hard to Kill podcast, you should be able to pop it up. And uh, Sean's on the podcast too. I think you're episode 50 something. So uh, yeah, we can have a listen as to uh, what we were talking about. So uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of different things. Just type in my name, Dave Morrow. Just don't go to the photographer. He's ahead of me on Google right now. So uh, he's got a really, he's got a really, really good system in place. So uh, hopefully I can get ahead of him in the next few years. But uh, for the time being, yeah, just uh, find me on Facebook or at DaveMorrow.net. Awesome, Dave. Uh, I appreciate all all the words of wisdom. It's been fun. Like I say, it's been uh, it's been amazing knowing you and helping you and being part of your journey. And I learn, like I say, we talked about this relationship thing. This these these networks, right? I. You know, I should be paying you sometimes for our sessions because I learn uh, I learn so much uh, just just by listening to you tell me about your business and stuff. And I'm hope I hope you guys got to listen and learn uh, from Dave's business and his experience. He's got a wealth of knowledge. So, like you said, if you're if you have any questions and uh, you need some help, don't fe- uh, feel free to hit him up. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, yeah, this is. I think this is. We're gonna do. We are actually gonna do a wrap up of this whole marketing series. You know, just kind of like, uh, you know, unpack all the lessons that we learn from all of our marketing experts. Um, like I say, is Dave a marketing expert? No. Nah, well, I would say. He's, uh, he, I'm he, in. I'm in the. I'm in the. I'm in the ballpark. Yeah, I'm in yeah. the ballpark. I'm not no expert yet. No, I keep saying this though, right? If as long as you know seven percent more than the person you're trying to help. You're an expert. So um, don't ever forget that. And um, you can, like you say, you can teach to everyone, right? Everyone's a teacher. So we will see you next week. Hit us up, uh, Osteo Connection, the podcast, uh, online, osteomentorship.com. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.